Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing that pause button to Edge Got In to your mind, your will, and those crazy emotions today. We continue our conversation today. This is a four-part series. We are on part three. It is entitled Connecting Emotional Intelligence in Christ to Desk Step Three. Connecting emotional to emotional intelligence in Christ. We've actually recorded two other podcasts prior to this one. Um, this one, we're going to speak a little more about the tie into DISC. And this is actually the third step in emotional intelligence. As I mentioned in our previous podcast, Daniel Goleman released a book in 1995. He actually pulled the work from John Mayer and really perfected it in his book. It was a New York Times bestseller for almost two years. And it's still very popular, emotional intelligence. And what we have done is we've taken the process of emotional intelligence and added the one factor that we believe is the essential piece that was missing in terms of success in the area of emotional intelligence. And that being the power of the Holy Spirit within us. The definition of emotional intelligence in Christ is the activation of the Holy Spirit within us or the wakefulness of the Holy Spirit within us to help us discern and manage our emotions and behaviors in a way that honors God by loving others well as Jesus did. As I'll often say, this is a job for Jesus because those emotions come crashing through our body in less than 125 thousandths of a second. As soon as you have a thought that says you are under attack in some way, and it could be just from a facial expression from someone, your body reacts very quickly and produces the stress hormone, basically batten down the hatches, restricts the frontal cortex of the brain, shoots the blood to the back part of the brain, to the limbs, so that you can have three reactive choices, fight, flight, or freeze, which is why Paul so brilliantly said in Romans chapter one, verse one, Romans chapter 12, one and two, don't conform to this world because it's crazy out there, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we do that? Well, he goes on to say in the New Testament, by taking every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Well, how do we do that? Not by our own efforts. I'll tell you that much <laughs> because I know, I don't know about you, but I get, I get hijacked very, very quickly when I'm mucking around in the flesh. And so our goal and desire and emotional intelligence in Christ project that the that the holy spirit has called us on is to resurrect the power that we have as followers of jesus christ to be able to manage our thoughts and our emotions and therefore our behavior in a way that honors god it is possible my friends so today we're diving deeper into the third phase or step of emotional intelligence and that being social awareness so we've talked about self-awareness self-management and we're stepping into social awareness. And those are the phrases or the uh, steps of secular view of, of emotional intelligence. And we've reframed them into the first phase being identity in Christ that gives you self-awareness and purpose, as well as gives you a uh, that connection to authentic 
purpose and identity. There are plenty of counterfeit identities, by the way, out there. And by counterfeit, counterfeit simply means something that is created in the exact representation of something else, the exact representation with the intention to deceive. And Satan's all about deceiving us, my friends. So we come back to our identity in Christ. That's the first phase. Second phase, once we have our identity grounded in Christ, self-control steps to the front lines over our strong emotions so we don't get hijacked, so we don't rise and fall depending upon how the world judges us at that moment in time. It brings us back to peace inside. And when we have that self-control, then we can step into what we refer to as social awareness. That's the secular phrasing of it. And we've reframed that as an altruistic attitude to be able to selflessly think of the needs of others above our own, which is the second part of the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And as I mentioned, it's a job for Jesus. So Ken, thank you so much for joining us again. I'm joined again with my friend and colleague, Ken Bogus, adjunct professor at Dallas Seminary. And he is the creator of Biblical Disc, which is truly a, a masterful shift on DISC, which is a personality assessment that focuses on behaviors. And so Ken, through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, grabbed it as we did emotional intelligence and put it in emotional intelligence in Christ. He did the same for DISC. And he, is, he was a, a contributing author in our book, Emotional Intelligence in Christ. Ken, thank you so much again for joining this conversation. And it's a very important conversation. My pleasure. I'm a, as always, I'm glad, glad to interchange with you and see what the Lord has for us. Let's see what the Lord has for us. Sweet Jesus, we just surrender ourselves to you as we enter into the third phase of emotional intelligence. And we're chunking it down, Lord, because we need help. And clarity of focus does lead to accuracy of response with the help of your Holy Spirit. So give us wisdom, Lord, more of you, less of us. Give us victory over ourselves. Give us victory over greed and self-focus the need for more and more and more in our lives. Help us to experience your peace that passes all human understanding when we truly think less of ourselves. As C.S. Lewis said, humility is not to think less of yourself, but to think of yourselves less. So help us to think of ourselves less and to think of you more so that we can see the people you've placed in front of us from your perspective and really step in to do your mighty work because we are your ambassadors. Make your appeal through us. In your most precious name we pray, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So Ken, we're, we're, our focus in this area of social awareness, third phase of emotional intelligence, we refer to it as altruism or an altruistic attitude that comes from the Holy Spirit within us. So you chose to focus on women rather than men. Why is that? in this discussion? Well, two reasons. Uh, the first one is the creation of woman was God's answer to his own personal critique of something that was incomplete in his creation of life on earth. In other words, he, he looked at it and he says, yeah, something's missing. And it's found in his statement in, in Genesis 2.18. And God says, it is not good for man to be alone and I will make a helper suitable for him. 
and you have to go into the to the Hebrew word helper as and it's and it's pronounced ezer e z e r, which appears twenty one times in the Old Testament, and when we look at it, uh, these occurrences, we get a sense of what what in the world does it mean, and in two cases it describes woman or Eve. And three times it refers to the nation of whom Israel appealed for military help when faced on with a powerful enemy. In other words, hey, we're in trouble. We need help from somebody uh, outside of us. And it's found in Isaiah and Ezekiel and in Daniel. In the remaining, which is the key here, in the remaining 16 cases, it refers to God as our helper. God is the one who comes alongside to us in our helplessness. Hmm. Any idea that it's inferior is just just not true and intenable. God is not subordinate to his creatures. The noun used in Ezra throughout the Old Testament does not suggest helper as a servant, but helper, uh, savior, rescuer, protector, as God is our helper. In no occurrence in the Old Testament does this refer to as inferior, but always superior or equal. Matthew Henry was a a Puritan author, and he had to say this about the creation of of Eve. The woman was made out of the rib of the side of Adam, not made out of his head to rule over him, not uh, not out of his feet to trample on him, but outside, uh, but out of his side to equal with him, to be, and this is important, to be protected and near his heart to be beloved. Mm, Furthermore, the the uh, the New American Standard Bible records the woman as being, and this is important, Lauren, fashioned out of the rib of, the, of Adam, live tissue, whereas man is formed out of clay and everything else is formed out of clay, but he fashioned or created his masterpiece and final creation with woman. So I think it's right for me to focus on God's masterpiece. What do you think? Oh, I'm I'm a hundred percent in on that. You know that. <laughs> count, I, I, I count, knew I'd get a chuckle count, out of you. Count, count count me in, my friend. Count me in. So so oh, I, I I am uh, really curious about um, what the Bible actually does say about the treatment of. Yeah, I think I think John MacArthur does a good job, and he and he and and when he's talking about this, and you know he's he's quite a scholar, scripture scholar, and Mm -hmm. and I always respect him. He says one of the unique features of the Bible is the way it exalts women. For uh, far from being demeaning or belittled, Scripture often seems to go out of its way to pay homage to them, to ennoble their roles in society and family, and to acknowledge the importance of their influence. And to be uh, to exalt the virtues of women, and who are particularly godly examples. And what I'm going to do with this one is to go ahead and feature six of them, mm. and six different case studies uh, where Jesus is encountering with women, and how he handles them, and he handles them differently based on their behavioral needs. Mm. And this is this is I'm just going to go ahead and do that. And we're going through those those uh, five there. There are five subtitles and your role in this is to divide each one of those. And what what I'm going to do is do the best I can to give you those case studies where Jesus really epitomized that particular component. So why don't we get started? Why don't you look at uh, component number one and uh, tell me your your definition and, and, and follow it up with your question. 
Um, well, the component number one, and, and what we're doing listeners here is, is, and we lay this out in, in the book too, emotional intelligence in Christ is we don't, we don't dive uh, any deeper than making you aware of the components. Basically it's like, think of it as a, um, a table that's held up by legs, right? There are five different components that hold up or fuel social awareness or our ability to be altruistic. Mm-hmm. And this is where we're, we're taking a little bit of a deeper dive into each one of these components that hold up the table of social awareness, altruism, the ability to think of the needs of others better than your own. The first, the first one is empathy, um, sensitivity, appreciation. It's basically understanding others, right? Um, seeing others as as God sees them, rather than how their behavior shows up, which is how we desire for God to see us. And so, it's it also involves in in this area when we are going to be authentically altruistic, thinking of the needs of others. How well do you turn, tune into emotional cues from uh, in, in the midst of communication, including words, tone, uh, nonverbal? As I've mentioned before, approximately 38% of our communication uh, is the intonation, about 54 is body language, and only about 78% are the words we actually use. How good are you at, at that? How, how would you rate your scale on, yourself on a scale from 1 to 10? 10 being, I'm totally really good at that. And zero being not so good at that. I don't really read the cues of other people because that's part of altruistic behavior. Altruistic attitude is being able to tune into the cues of what, what people are saying behind the scenes, right? Through their facial expression, their body language. Jesus was masterful with this, Ken. And so where do we find examples of Jesus extending, um, empathy and sensitivity toward women, in the, especially particularly in the midst of extremely different expressions of sadness and sorrow, because he was aware that not everyone else is, not everyone's wired the way that uh, we're wired, which is why the disc is so powerful, because it helps you to see life from another perspective. Well, what is important to understand is Jesus, as you were saying, is a master of that and knowing what's going on with every person that he meets. And, and he handles them very, very differently. And, I, you know, Lauren, the, the one that I like the most with that, uh, that ability to adapt to eat individuals within the same event is the story of Mary and Martha and the death of Lazarus. I can't imagine a greater degree of sadness and sorrow when you lose a loved one. I mean, Mm. it's it's tough. It's really tough. And and the problem was that, of course, Martha and Mary had seen Jesus heal people and actually had asked him to come. And of course, he died. And they put him in the grave and he's in the grave four days and Jesus shows up. Mm. And what what happens is is that Martha, being the more aggressive person, who is you know result oriented and task oriented and pretty direct, she meets Jesus out in the street and says, "Lord, if you'd have been here, <laughs> if you'd have mm-hmm. been here, my brother wouldn't have died." And and Jesus doesn't lose a a, a minute of a, a thought of con- being <laughs> being rebuked. He just goes right after her and says, you know, your brother will rise again. So there's that statement of action. I'm going to do something. And then, of course, she goes to, well, I've heard about the resurrection and then that. And he says, uh-uh, time out. <laughs> I am the resurrection. 
and 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 he dealt with her just about who she was that he she is looking for a result he's saying i am the result you're going to see it you know and so she's satisfied she goes back into the house and she meets with mary and says the master's here and he's looking for you and 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 mary comes out of there a, a very very sensitive quiet person they're totally different from martha so so and, ken i i'm going to pause here just for a moment because yeah. we did we did talk about the desk what would you say um i'm 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 assuming that that martha is the d oh, and yes. mary is an s is that yes s but also an s c with an extremely low d mm -hmm. so she's a very quiet introverted individual so you deal with an s differently than you do with a dominant mm -hmm. and 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 to your point that jesus recognized with mary it's more nonverbal than it is verbal mm. What he did was he just looked at her. She fell down on where Martha was standing, and I'm sure pointing her finger at him. Mm -hmm. where, but, but with Mary, he was very sensitive. And guess what he did? He wept with her mm -hmm. and then went into the action. Right? But the empathy, in my opinion, was in, <laughs> in his body language and his tears. Mm -hmm. And uh, is that different? It, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's 100% different. Mm. It's not only was she a, was was Mary a high S, she was also a very low D. Mm. So she was an extremely S behavior type person, very sensitive, mm. very quiet, and and in very need of, of holding up with a degree of nonverbal empathy. Mm. And it was it's all there. Yeah, he was he was masterful. It's interesting. It, it's interesting to me um, just the different word choice that Jesus used with Martha versus Mary, um, and 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 how it does reflect that he knew how they were wired. Obviously, he knew yeah. their human operating system, and that's such a key component to our ability to show up with an altruistic attitude, social awareness, uh, to realize not everyone thinks the way I do. That's, that's a profound thought. And just allowing the Holy Spirit to, to be my helper, as you said, in that area, help me to see life through this other person's yeah. lens and point of view so that I can connect with them the way that Jesus wants me to connect with them. Mm -hmm. And that even just giving us that ourselves that 17 second pause to ask for the Holy Spirit's help to, to fuel empathy and sensitivity within us, particularly when we are wired like Martha, because as we know, the D's oftentimes being task driven, put things above people. And right. so right. it's easy to just say, okay, we just got to get this done. Forget about the human factor. We just need this across the line versus <laughs> if you're talking to an S the S's first go to is, Hey, we need a process that includes other people. It's not just about you. How is this going to impact other people? D doesn't think of that through. So it's, it's, uh, it's very powerful to have the Holy spirit to help us to be able to see life from a different perspective. Um, as Jesus did, he was, 
he was so so powerful and and the fact that he wept is is very is is uh, very telling to his compassion and empathy so let's move on to the second component under social awareness or the altruism altruistic mm-hmm. attitude and that being um, service and and compassion and recognizing needs and wants and desires, um, really operating with a sense of contribution, right? It's not all about me, less of me, God, more of you. Mm-hmm. And being able to tune into uh, our give back project today, rather than waking up and looking at our own to-do list, dear God, bless my to-do list, help me to get this all done. We shift our focus to think, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because I'm living for you now. I no longer live for myself. So you are all about making an impact for God's glory in the lives of the people in front of me. So what's my give back project today? So where do you find Jesus expressing specifically in scripture, Ken, compassion and service within a social event? And let's bring in a woman. That involves a woman, since we're talking about uh, his impact in that area. Well, the the story that is that is so precious to me was the wedding at Cana, mm-hmm. and uh, Mom came up to Jesus and says, "You know, we got a problem here. <laughs> you know, the 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 group that was supposed to bring all the wine we're running out and, mm. and it's it, this is going to be an embarrassment and and boy we need need something to happen here somebody needs to step up to you know aid and help and give something here and i don't know how this is going to work but <laughs> you're my last chance here you know and 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 jesus this i'm going to introduce this this whole thing jesus uh, looks at his mom and and he says, "Woman, why do you involve me?" And 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 I'm I'm going to go that this is going to be consistent here. He's always going to start with 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 that that noun. This is a woman, but it's but it's it's a a tone and a word in that culture of endearment. <laughs> Mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's but it's not not rebuking or anything, you know, or, or demeaning at all, you know. Yeah. It was like that. Why do you involve me? My, uh, my uh, hour has not come yet. It's just, well, step up a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you saying that because just reading that, I have to say that I've thought like, wow, Jesus is being pretty harsh here. It's his mom. Yeah. And he's like, woman, um, you're the one that enlightened me that the actual no. translation for the word he's used several <laughs> different times is endearment. It, it is total endearment. See, most in our culture, that that would just what you said. Hey, woman, what's going on here? You know, yeah, <laughs> a little abrupt. <laughs> but 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 this, that's not what it. That's not what it communicate, mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, involve me. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm I don't know that I'm ready, but okay, I'll step it up. <laughs> and and of course, you know what he did, and. Mm. And 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 turned. <laughs> she says, "Well, do whatever he says." You know, I can see her panicking there. Tell the servants, you know, do whatever he tells you to do. Go ahead and do. And, and of course, he says, "Sure, whatever." <laughs> well, I, I I love that because he he really um, 
And and Mary's response, I absolutely love as well, because even though, you know, Jesus is like, Hey, um, you know, my time has not come yet. Right. So how many times are we put in a situation where we have intentions, but God it's God's timing for us to do something that we weren't expecting to do a kindness for someone else, um, generosity, whatever that God's timing is not our timing. And so this is a perfect example. Jesus is like, my time hasn't come yet. And he showed that sense of compassion and service exactly. and decided to step in anyway, that altruistic uh, concern for other people. I love that. That's such a great example for us right. to follow. So how, how'd the wine taste? It yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So he, so he not only does it halfway because I know, I know in my own life when I'm thinking things are going to go one way and God asked me to do something another way, sometimes I'll like half, you know, I won't be all in. I'll be like halfway. All right, fine. I'll do this. Um, whereas Jesus calls for, for us to be all in when God calls us, whatever it is, you thought you were doing this and now you're doing that. Let's be all in for Christ. And that's really our attitude. So love that story. Love that story. Let's move to the third component here, which is known as holistic communication. And basically, um, it's the ability to effectively send and receive information. Um, including emo- emotional content. This is this is kind of like the feeling that you have when you walk into a situation in a communication. You're like, I don't know. I just felt like they were upset. They didn't even say anything, but I just felt like something's something's up. So the Holy Spirit has given us that ability. Call it like the Spidey Man ability. It, you're you're able to pick up on the unseen with the Holy Spirit. That's what's so cool when it comes to emotional intelligence with the Holy Spirit, not with our flesh, but with and in the Holy Spirit within us to give us victory, um, so that we can tune into verbal words and tones uh, and and be able to offer comfort and safety in the midst of those situations. So, Ken, is there a case study where Jesus actually expresses? Uh, like a tone of endearment with words of comfort and a sense of security, because that's an aspect, that's a huge aspect of altruism, social awareness of other people, being able to use our words and our intonation and communicate, transfer, really dialogue is the flow of meaning and to transfer the meaning of comfort and security to a woman. Well, my all-time favorite on on this one is Mary Magdalene, and she visits the tomb, and she sees it empty. And her her goal there was to go ahead and prepare Jesus' body, and that that was why she was there. That her focus was there, and the last thing she expected to see was an empty tomb. And you can just imagine what that did to her to say, oh, my goodness, what happened here? And she became very, very emotional at that moment. And she started weeping. And then she sees these two angels there. And guess what they did? They said, ask her, woman, why are you crying? So there's that endearment again. And what, we- is, what is her desk? Um, I know, you know, if I, if I were, I'm guessing now, I wished Mm -hmm. I had more, but I'm going to tell you what I think. Because she had seven demons, right? Her story was she she had seven demons. demons. But, but but it appears like she was tormented beyond anything you would expect emotionally. 
And the most emotional creature <laughs> of the of the uh, 16 classical pattern is an IC. Mm. And that combination emotionally has a uh, mountaintop eye uh, experiences that are so positive, it's it's infectious. But they all with that seaside of them can go into a pit lower. I mean, you don't have a rope long enough to throw them. Well, <laughs> that's interesting. You know, and and I've been married to one for 58 years. <laughs> oh, wow. Ken, you know, that's really interesting because I haven't come across a, a lot of yeah. clients that have that combination, to it's be honest. It's very, very rare. But when you see them, it is, I mean, it is, it is amazing. And you have to go ahead and deal with their emotion. And when the, when the emotion is negative, their eyes are open, but they see it not. You know, mm. I mean, they're so consumed with emotion. And I, I can imagine that's what she was going through at that moment. Mm. Because it says that, that, that she saw Jesus, but didn't see him. She, 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 it says they, and she, she was basically, the, the, the Jesus says, why are you crying? And he says again, woman, why are you crying? Hmm. Who is it you're looking for? Hmm. And it's, and the scripture says, thinking he was the gardener. Hmm. She said, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. She was looking at him, but she didn't see him. How many times do we, do we look at Jesus and he's there in the situation and we can't even see him? We don't see him. Yeah, and, you know, it's it. The scriptures are very clear. It says at this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. That's what it says. Yeah. But yeah. she did not recognize that it was Jesus. Mm. So what's your take on that? She didn't recognize, recognize well, she it because she was emotionally hijacked. She was emotionally hijacked. She couldn't do. It. So mm. how did he get through to her? She Jesus just said to her and i can see the tone of her mary and he recognized she recognized the voice <laughs> that mm. it was jesus and can you imagine the motion change yeah yeah in her but but uh, you know it's it i i just you know for her, for him the, the tone of the of him recognizing by her name was the thing that got through to her and she saw him and I just, I can't imagine the, the, the sorrow just evaporating, going yeah, to powerful. total joy. It's, it's incredibly powerful there. Yeah. And yeah, I can't that's... think of a better uh, case study that, that would fit component number three. Yeah. That, that sense of using the words of endearment and comfort to, yeah. to establish security. And so listener, think about that as you're expanding um, this particular phase of emotional intelligence, altruism, the ability to selflessly see other people, look for opportunities with the Holy Spirit to use your intonation, facial expressions, and words of comfort to establish security. Because our, our desire for a sense of security and protection. It's innate. And Jesus was profound at, at offering that. And that creates psychological safety. I want to say one other thing here um, that, that, that has very been very profound uh, in my understanding of how to respond in, uh, to uh, different people. And, and the statement was, love always, sometimes use words. 
<laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. A, and to understand and uh, a lot of times you know with with, with Linda uh, with her how emotional she is, my saying to her a word, she says I will say to her, I says do you want feedback or you do do you want me to just listen to you? Hmm. And, and and invariably, if she's in her C mode, she just needs somebody to really care and listen to her with mm-hmm. compassion, not say anything. Mm, that's profound. Thank you for that. That yeah. that can that can help all of us yeah. because many times we jump in wanting to solve the problem when that's not what the person needs. If any time, Lauren, that that you have an I or a C in there, you know, you the the, the I needs to talk. But sometimes your response is just to listen, just to listen, mm-hmm. not to mm-hmm. say anything. Just well, that, that makes sense. That makes just sense because there. they solve problems by hearing themselves speak exactly. and random thoughts. Exactly. You so. don't have to say anything. The the worst thing, and I was guilty of it for years, saying, Linda, just be quiet. Let me tell you what you need to do. Oh, now, not um, good. That, that, was, that, wasn't, <laughs> that, that wasn't a bonding deal. I, I wouldn't think that would work out for you too well, Ken. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm slow just, on the uptake, but just, it took me about seven yeah. years to figure that one out. There you go. There you go. That's awesome. Well, let's move on to component four. Um, And this is, again, this is another component of social awareness to help you to to, to show up with social awareness or an altruistic attitude as we use in emotional intelligence in Christ. So this is is really the area of situational um, perceptual awareness, really. Um, The ability to adapt to the variables and changes because we're complex human beings and understanding what factors count and how much and responding to them in, in reasonable behavior. This is kind of um, being quick on your feet in the ring, so to speak, particularly when emotions are high, stakes are high, and you have opposing viewpoints, as we talk about in crucial conversations. But Jesus, again, was a masterful at that. So I, I'm curious about a case study where we can, again, follow the emotional, intelligent one, Jesus, and look at how he adapts his behavior to to, to different situations in multiple groups and different challenges uh within an event do you have do you have one that kind of captures all that oh the 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 gold star case study is the 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 woman caught in adultery because Mm -hmm. that was multifaceted with regard to the components that were there you had the crowd you had the woman in adultery and the pharisees you know and all of them had different agendas there and so you you got you had to go ahead and navigate through that minefield and solve that problem and he did it probably in about 5 minutes it's unbelievable mm-hmm. how he adapted to the situation let me just go through them quickly here and mm-hmm. and we're kind of running on time but, yeah. but what 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 is what is important to understand he would typically get with a crowd and tell stories i mean that's that's what he did and it was it was it was his body language is to be seated or laying down, you know, just uh, not laying down, but, you know, sitting down and people mm-hmm. just crowding around him. That's how he do it. So it's a very positive thing. And of course, the Pharisees come in there and throw this woman between him and the crowd. So the, the environment totally changed. And then then and the uh, Pharisees played their card with regard to why they were there. And that was to test him and get him, trick him into uh, uh, an event that he couldn't answer. And what, it, what he did is they, they, increase the emotion to a very high intensity 
And the first thing that he did is he refused to answer and kind of doodled in the sand. That's 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 S behavior. I just want like to know that. No, well, S's have three, uh, four speeds: slow, slower, and stop. You know. <laughs> Believe me, I know. I'm married to one. <laughs> He's good for me. So wrong, I, wrong, I just wrong, yeah. wrong, wrong tone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you think I'm slow? Watch me. We're going to slow this thing down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they process away from the initial Whoa, debate. Oh, yeah, you know, and yep. boy, they, they just, there's nothing that infuriates aggressive people more than to be ignored. Like myself, just saying. <laughs> Are you alive? It's good. It's good for my soul. That's all I have to say. It's good for my and, soul. And, you know, so they, it, and the scriptures say, and they persisted. So yeah. Okay. And this is where I just love it. So they're coming in strong, like hot D's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Jesus in. takes the posturing of an S. He starts out with the S and they, they persist. And he says, you know, I can see his mind. Yes, you want a piece of me? All right. We're slowing things down right <laughs> and, now. And it says he stood up. His body changed. Yep. <laughs> and when he stood up and looked at him, they knew something's coming, boy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> Something's a man of few over. words and great power. Yeah. And he says, you without sin, why don't you cast the first stone? Mm. You want to inter interject <laughs> scripture? You want to play by that game? Okay. <laughs> you without sin cast the first stone. So, mm. so I have a theory here with regard to adultery. It is difficult for one person to be <laughs> commit adultery. <laughs> and they only That's have not one. just the woman. Yeah, this is the woman. So, so what, what it really set, uh, you know, as a pattern, you need to investigate, they bring the guy, you know, did they want to do that? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and the first question you ask the woman is this, is there anyone else in this crowd that you visited with you? <laughs> yeah. Anyone yeah. here? How did they know where she was? Maybe they visited her. <laughs> Yeah, there were so many different factors going on. Yeah, you know, I, you, you can see the wheels turning, boy. Mm -hmm. And that's <laughs> and, situational perception. That's that's awareness of being being aware yeah. of all aspects of a situation. And my right, friends, that requires right. the help of the Holy Spirit when right. it comes to us, to, our ability to show up with altruism. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and so, so what they did is, is, let me think about that. And then it says he changed again. And he sat back down and back he down. wrote. The first time yeah. he doodled, this time he wrote. Yeah. <laughs> and what if he wrote, where's Joe or who the guy was? <laughs> you know, the names mm. of the people. <laughs> you know, yep. I mean, what, yep. they didn't want any part of that. That's your C coming in. You know? yep. So you go from I to S to D to C. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and they dropped their rocks and they hooked them, <laughs> you know. Yep. yep. And, and, and what, what happens here <laughs> is that he goes ahead and... <laughs> And now changes yet again. And he looks at her and guess what he says? Woman, where are they? Have and it's that both? same, it's the same translation, I believe. Absolutely. is the same one that he used. And he is expressing Mary. to this woman caught in adultery with endearment and mm. respect. Mm. <laughs> Can you believe that? I love it. And and, and then she says, neither, uh, you know, I have none. Mm. <laughs> and then he goes to God and who he is, and mm. neither do I condemn you, he declared. Now leave and sin no more. He didn't mm. condemn her. He said, just change your life. That's pretty yeah. good. That's <laughs> mercy and grace. 
Mercy and, and mercy, mercy and grace. I was reading through Second Corinthians uh, yeah. the other day and about how we are the clay pots, right? And the treasures within us, as Paul says, and the treasure right. is the grace of God within these clay pots. And clay pots are very fragile. Yeah. And Jesus is so masterful at his mercy and grace and picking up our clay pot. Yeah. which is our, our, who we, who we are in this world. We're very fragile and he knows that. And he has such compassion and meets us in our fragility. And he invites us to do the same, yeah. to see people for who they desire to be rather than how their behavior shows up yeah. and, and in a, in a self with a selfless lens. So let's, let's bring this to a close by sharing and talking about the last component that we're going to discuss today that's connected to social awareness and altruism and that being interpersonal development and basically this is entering into nurturing constructive conversation by setting the tone really truly setting the tone for long-term depth and breadth of relationships so part of what the Holy Spirit allows us to do is, is to become masterful at setting the tone for connection. And that's our final phase of emotional intelligence in Christ is our ability to make Christ connections or social recognition. And Jesus is masterful at doing this. And I, I'd love to hear a case study with a woman where Jesus entered into nurturing, constructive conversation using simple, familiar subject and tuning it into, or, or flipping it, shifting it into dialogue with eternal significance, right? So he's constantly, and this is what our call is, my friends. This is our call. Every encounter we have, our first space in our mind should be, Lord, what do you have to say to this person to draw them closer to you? Because Jesus was masterful at this. And this is that third step and phase of emotional intelligence in Christ is our ability to do so, to truly be the fragrance. And if we know not all fragrances are made alike, I have some fragrances that are gone as soon as I spray it on my body. And I have other fragrances that last for months. They're still on my coat. But Jesus is the fragrance within us that lasts forever. So to come forth with that fragrance, let's end with a, a, a final case study, Ken, that allows us to see that nurturing, constructive conversation. Um, the Jesus. one that that that, uh, that I really have enjoyed, uh, just looking every time I read it, I just I just marvel at it. His conversation with the Samaritan woman at the well, mm -hmm. and how he went ahead and and constructed his conversation such that she connected with him, and the reason she was there is water. So he started talking to her. She was there to get water. And he started talking to her about water. And then he kind of uh, uh, changed the, the, the vision of water and talking about, uh, uh, you know, spiritual water, spiritual, spiritual type of a, of a, a relationship. And she was all in. <laughs> so what is, her, what is her desk, would you guess? Her particular profile? Yes, the the biblical desk. Uh, I, I got to be careful here. Uh, I think that she was uh, extremely high I and low 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 C, and the reason for that I come that uh, she was not very good at long term relationships. <laughs> hmm. She she um, 
she uh, she was married five times. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that that's not <laughs> her consistency is not 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 to they are but she she had that but i also see there's a, a the upside to she was very curious yes and that's that's i yes. so she was curious to engage and she didn't mind talking to strangers eyes never do you mm -hmm. know so that she got in conversation with him and was somewhat shocked that uh, that she recognized him as a jew that he would actually be talking to her mm -hmm. and he was engaging with her and they're talking about living water and she was i mean she bought in she's boy give me some of that <laughs> let that water and she started talking about where to worship and all this. And he, and he, and he keep, kept bringing her to the point of who he was. And she made the statement. Finally, she was getting a little uncomfortable with what he knew about her because he, he perceived she perceived he was a prophet. By by him saying, bring your bring your husband, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. she didn't want a part of that. You, you know what the cool thing is, though, Ken. When I read that, Jesus must have had the intonation, which is another component of of social awareness that we spoke about, is that intonation of non judgment, because she opened up and yeah. took accountability yeah. because of yeah. his way of communicating it. It wasn't right. in a way of judgment, like you've been married to five people. No, Never. he didn't, he didn't say he that. He did not do that. No. Not at all. Not at Total all. Total acceptance and love, Total which allowed her Again, to look at it. Here's, for what here's it was. the, here's the, here's the king. Uh, here's the key to this. Okay. Is she said, give me the, and she says, where, when the Messiah comes, he'll explain these things to me, you know, <laughs> and he, and he used the word, woman <laughs> believe me that <laughs> there'll be a time when that happens and and she says i know the messiah is coming who is called the christ and when he comes he will declare all things to us and jesus said to him i who is speaking to you am he the thing that you have to understand is this is the first time that he used the word I am he and validated it with a Samaritan woman had been married five times and living with a guy. He chose to announce who he was and validate who he was to this woman. That's, that's <laughs> profound. In the, in what, that, was, what was his purpose of doing that, Ken? Well, I think I, I, I think it was a lesson to the disciples. Uh, you know, they said, there's no, if we're going to do this, we, we, we're, let, let's, let, let's have a, let's have a, a big presentation. And he chose, no, I'm going to keep it simple. And they, when they came back, you know, they were out there going ahead and buying food, uh, you know, and, and they, and he was there alone and they came and they couldn't believe he was talking to this woman, but it was a lesson for him. I, he, I think he says, Hey, I am, this is not. I am not here just for the Jews. I am for the lost. <laughs> you, Absolutely. There's not a bigger lost loser than this woman. And he chose to go ahead and, and announce that he was the Messiah to this woman. Hmm. And he said, and he used the word woman again. <laughs> and and it's and, and it, it's just endearment. He did it consistently. He did it all the time. But the other thing about it, the, the I am statement was used 153 times. 
and this is the first time that he used it that he was so did G- so did Jesus use the I am declaration of his identity 153 times or is it 153 times in the Bible I am is used he he, he, he used it when he said I am 153 times Jesus used that Jesus used it uh-huh. in the in the four Gospels. And, and and the two where you get it very very clear was to this woman and the last time he did he used it he used it in his trial when the Sanhedrin says, who do you say? Who are you? <laughs> and and mm-hmm. he used the I am there. So he was very, very consistent with that. And I think that's a thing. But the other thing is that I wanted to say, I tried to say where he used the word woman to women as a form of endearment and respect. Mm. And I think for social awareness, I think we need to do that. Mm. Absolutely. And, uh, I, I think I, I'm done. I think, I think that. Yeah, that's a wrap. That's a wrap, my friend. So, so really our learning objective was to explore those five components connected to yeah. social awareness, um, according to um, Daniel uh, Goleman. Yeah. from emotional intelligence, secularly speaking, and altruism or altruistic attitude and emotional intelligence in Christ. Jesus is our Jesus is our lead when it comes to emotional intelligence in Christ. There's no doubt. So this is a very powerful uh, conversation we're having today. And this is the third of a, of a four-part series, Ken. And we will uh, continue on with our final fourth phase of emotional intelligence in Christ, which is Christ connections, um, relationship management, and the ability to um, show up and handle our relationships in a way that honors God by loving others well as Jesus did. So why don't, why don't I um, turn it over to you, Ken, and if you could close us in prayer today and send us out to practice these, this, uh, these teachings that we learned today. Father, I want to thank you for the privilege of t- to chat with Lauren. I don't know how you're going to use this uh, information, but I know your Holy Spirit can, and I Pray that we have honored women and you're uh, in a way and it is your masterpiece on what you've done, the final thing that you created. And I pray that through the listening of this, that women feel affirmed of who they are in Christ. And with that, I say amen. 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 Thank you, my friend. I appreciate all of your wisdom and for sharing with us today and look forward to our our next podcast, uh, which will be done next month. And so listeners, if you haven't checked out the podcast on disc, I have uh, co-hosted those with Ken. You can learn more about the D-I-S-C. D's are task-driven, I's are people-driven, S's are process-driven, and C's are logic-driven. Coming from very different places. So it takes the grace of the Holy Spirit within us to be able to connect with each other uh, in a way that honors God. So you can explore those at edgegodin.com. You can explore more of the Emotional Intelligence in Christ project at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. We are about to release release a six-week study guide to go with our book, Emotional Intelligence in Christ. Um, and I and I want to correct that. Our book, I, I really feel like this is a this is a God project. So it's his mission for his glory. So give him heaven out there. There's a lot of the dark side going on and we look forward to connecting with you on our next podcast. God bless you.